You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Welcome Other. Welcome, everybody. Let's go. To a very We're special, back. very, very special episode. This is, uh, we are in our new crib, as you know, if you've been following along, and we actually have stuff on the walls. But uh, there is some missing files. We have a 404 not found behind me. It'll get better. <laughs> and also, it's very special today because this is our first multi-cam podcast. Got all the cameras. Another small round of applause for our progress here. We made it. Uh, where do you look with all the cameras now? <laughs> like, what? I don't know. I'm I actually don't know where they are. I wasn't paying attention. All over. You'll oh, find oh. out. You'll find out. Oh, no. Uh, I have and good angles and bad, so, you know. We, ha- we have all the good ones. Don't worry. <laughs> Perfect. And we have someone doing uh, live switching. Uh, I don't want to reveal their identity. I feel like we need to uh, just let that play out over time. Okay? Were we not supposed to meet him? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> don't acknowledge him. Don't look at him in the eyes. Shit. Yeah, he but lives here. Basically, what I'm saying is uh, things could go very well today with our new setup, or things could go terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Well, it's uh, an honor to be the uh, guinea pigs on the first uh yeah, through the new sound. We're happy to have you. But uh, welcome to Feeding Off Each Other. I still haven't memorized this intro, so I'm going to read it off my phone. A weekly podcast where we feed off the talent, humor, knowledge, and awesome stories of our guests. I couldn't remember that. That's it. I got to do some homework. <laughs> yeah, it's a Is pretty long one. Thing? I'm Matt Dennison, and I am joined by... Wait a second. No, I'm not. Where's David Wiggins? Oh, yeah. We fired him. He's gone. He's fired. We got the new setup. We got the guy doing the switcher board. David's gone. He's cut. Just kidding. He actually has coronavirus yeah this guy's a great big phony he yep. is sick yeah tested that's positive. what he said at least tested positive last week and uh he is eating a big shit sandwich so condolences <laughs> to david sorry dave yeah and as always currently present i am joined by not sick for once the <laughs> guy was not the sick one for covid once. free jason yeah. lucas yeah welcome to the pod Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, it's good to still be here <laughs> week after week. Uh, we have some uh, special guests today. Jason, yep. want to want to introduce our guests? Yes. Sorry, I'm playing the role of David as producer, so I'm juggling many balls, soundboards, intro. It's just so actually, his life's pretty easy. It's not that hard. Okay. Um. Wow. I think I wrote most of this when I was tired. <laughs> So I apologize for any inconsistencies. I also didn't know I'm Jeff excited. was going to be here. So He's a bonus. Yeah. Today's guest, Alsterian, one of today's guests <laughs> is a musician who grew up just a ferry ride away from here in Victoria, BC. Since releasing their first self-titled EP back in 2012, they have gone, oh, and I got signed out of Google. Oh. <laughs> you were doing so well. That's good. Uh, you could just make it up, you know. First that self-titled EP back in 2020, 2012. <laughs> they have gone on to tour internationally, release multiple more EPs and albums, which have received critical acclaim along with a Juno nomination for Music Video of the Year. And joined also by their significant other, Jeff, here in the studio, we have... And guitarist. And guitarist. His name is Jeff. His name is Jeff. <laughs> The one, the only, Campbell Osborne, thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you, guys. You. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for saying I was significant. Yes. Was that, <laughs> is that good? Yes. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Perfect. serious now. How you doing, Candle? I am almost awake. How's that? Yeah, it's early. We 10 a.m. <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. 
10 a.m. Should we like should we move these? at 10 a.m. Like it, you know, it's hard. <laughs> I'm so tired. When do you normally wake up? Like noon, if it was up to me. But <laughs> you're a nooner. But it's not up to you. No. <laughs> I woke up at 7.45 today because I knew it would be a process, and I just sat in bed, like, crying and drinking coffee for a while until... That was the pregame for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Really getting the mood. I "I hate mornings and just doom-scrolling Instagram, looking at puppies and drinking Americanos. Well, we were going to ask you what your daily routine was, (laughs) but we already got right past that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's... It's good to know your routine as a musician. This is what inspires you in the morning, drinking coffee and crying. seems like it would conjure up a lot of great like uh, lines in your music. I mean, if you've heard the records, it's, it's not a stretch, is it? She wakes up every morning in tears and then writes these sad songs. <laughs> so wait, if you're waking up at noon, when are you going to bed? Like three. Three four. on a regular <laughs> day. P.M. Three p.m. Yeah, it's a short window, oh, yeah, but yeah. it's intense. It's a yeah, yeah. I'm up for three hours, just banging out hits, and then going back to. Bed. <laughs> it's like a koala. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> they sleep for twenty two hours a day. Are you guys do sing- they really? They do. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. want to be one. Yeah. Cool. You can be anything you want if you put your mind to it. <laughs> Even really? a koala. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You, you could be a koala. That? No, no. I mean it. All right. I'm gonna work on that. Do you guys have similar sleep schedules? Or are you guys like totally oppo? Not at all. <laughs> I'd say I'd say pretty opposite. What? No, I try. I'm more of a wake up and start the day kind of person. You're I right. attempt to match. That's got to count for something. The attempt is there. The attempt is there. Yeah. I lay in bed when he is sleeping and I read like medieval incest novels until I fall asleep. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. <laughs> and then Jeff wakes up and I groan and attempt to get up, you know, within the two hours that he wakes up. So we're pretty much the same. Yeah. Identical is the answer yeah, to your question. Exactly, exactly the same. The same. It's good that you guys are synced up then. Yeah. So what, what's been going on lately with you? What uh? What's, how's been the start of the year for you? It's been pretty good. We are making a new record, which is very exciting. Um, doing it, we're producing it ourselves. Who's, who's we? Who's Jeff we? and I. Oh, just you two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it kind of started by accident. I just started writing the new songs, and Jeff and I just started playing around with them, and we were trying to make demos. I realized I don't know how. <laughs> And the demos just getting keep getting more and more advanced, and now they're turning into the record. And we're like, okay, I guess we're producing this record, and it's about half done now, and we're doing it completely ourselves, which is exciting. And this is like the second year that I'm an independent artist, which is exciting and terrifying. But it's really cool just making all your own decisions and knowing there's no set deadline, there's no trying to please the label, like, what's the radio hit going to be? You can't make a five-minute song, you dummy kind of thing. (laughs) And We're just doing what we want, and we're making music that we say it's got to be groovy, and you have to want to have sex to it, or else it's not making the record. So that's our entire rule. And so far, we've achieved that. I would say so, yeah. I would say so. Like medieval incest sex or (laughs) just normal sex? No, that's like that sleepy time, like, get cozy and read about. Medieval incest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a nice candle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
No, what do you mean you don't know how to make a demo? Like it just, uh, are you saying that it's just kind of like you're throwing shit at the wall and like you don't really know what you're doing and the next thing you know, you're like, hey, this is sound starting, starting to sound like a song. Is that what you mean? Or? Well, I mean like the most lo-fi version of a demo would just be like a voice note, me and a guitar. Like here's the song. Okay. But then when I actually try and start turning it into how I really hear it with the right like drums and bass and keys, I'm like, I'm just making the the song now at this point. And then you get in this weird territory where you're like, do I just commit to this MIDI keyboard or do I go find the actual piano sound that I want and do it properly? So everything has started out as like a placeholder and we just keep making those placeholders more and more real. And then it, it would be absolutely silly to redo everything at this point because it sounds great. So I guess when you're working with a label, you have to deliver demos to even get a green light to know that you can move forward. But when you're oh, yeah. independent, you still make the demo because it's part of the process, but you just don't know how far to go with the demo because you already have the path in your head. You know what the end product's going to sound like. Yeah, well, yeah. I make it twice, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I do want to explore label options again. I was a little traumatized from the last <laughs> few, but at this point, I'm like, I I'd be open to it again. And in order to start that process again, everyone wants to hear what you're working on. And I don't want to send anyone a, a version of a song that's just an acoustic guitar and a vocal because that is not at all what the record's going to sound like. So now I'm just like I on the record. I'm not really thinking about anything else. When you send uh, demos to friends, you ever fearful that someone's going to leak uh, something or like, you know, it's going to get in the wrong hands or because I have some friends who are musicians and like I know they're very precious with it and I've been caught a couple times sending a SoundCloud link to someone because oh, really? they can see that it was sent. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, are you like super protective over your music and who, who gets it? I used to be and I, I recently had a funny little experience with my best friend who is my biggest supporter, but she does not like understand the industry stuff, of course. And I sent her one of our new songs that I was very excited about and I knew that she would love. And then the next day she told me, she's like, I sent it to everyone I know and they all loved it and agree it's your best work. And I'm like, dude, you're not really supposed to send it out to everyone you know. And she's like, but they love it. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, who cares? Yeah. What the hell? Like, I'm happy that they love it. And when it actually comes out, maybe... uh. They'll be like, oh, I heard it first. <laughs> That's know. cool. Good intentions, right? I'm like, what's really going to happen? If someone like full on stole it or ripped it off, I'd find that very hilarious. And then probably be an interesting PR campaign around it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it only yeah. like when you're a massive superstar and like your, your next hit gets leaked, I feel like it only makes it bigger. Yeah. <laughs> There's like now drama around totally. it. Totally. I know. Like, what's gonna, what's going to happen? Like, come on. Nothing bad. I, I did find that very funny, though. I sent it to everyone I know. Like, Perfect. Huh. I sent it to you privately, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your writing process like? Oh, it's all over the place. Yeah. I, I still feel, I think so many people say this, but the best ideas come when you're not looking for them. Mm. At the worst times, you know, you're like on the bus with like a hundred sketchy, smelly people and then. Oh no! Yeah, I take I get the bus. My... <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get my phone out, and I'm just like humming, awkwardly humming this like idea. Our, lar our largest demographic is actually people who ride the bus. Yeah, so everyone like, listening right now is on the bus. Is Translink gonna pull so their sponsorship now? So we all stink. Now? I have to say that about the bus. 
All of us are responsible for that stench. <laughs> it is disgusting. Soon this podcast uh, set will smell like a bus. It kind of looks like uh, <laughs> the blue couch here we're oh. on. Kind of looks like the TransLink. I wonder if they have old fabric you could use to reupholster nicer. these. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. We should just turn this into a bus. Yeah, some sea bus seats. I would be more into the bus if this was the bus. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the ideas come to you when uh, you're not looking for them. I'm, I, I relate to that. I feel like most of my ideas come to me like in the shower or maybe while oh, I'm sitting on the John. John totally. On the John. On the John. That's the French toilet. Yeah. Yeah, those are the fancier song ideas you get. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Jean idea. Mm. <laughs> Very nice. Where's your, uh, where's your like? Uh, do you have like a, a, a location in your home, maybe or outside, that's brought you the most ideas, like your bed or shower or something out, out walking in the park. Walking's a big one for sure, or like in bed about to fall asleep, reading the medieval incest book, and then I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> I have a great idea. <laughs> and I have to put the medieval incest book away and then voice note some pitchy ramblings into my phone at 3 a.m. Is that how you capture <laughs> most of your ideas in voice note? Yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Is, There's is like 5,000 right now. Oh. I'm like, oh, God. And no, they're not organized. <laughs> no. No, my hard drive, too, is the most terrifying thing that Jeff has ever seen. I can't look at it. I he can't. still loves me, though, I think. <laughs> Even though I'm a mess. It's not dependent on the state of the hard drive, thank God. Oh, yeah. thank God. That would be a problem. Do you capture your ideas in any other way? The, uh, any written notes or? Oh, yeah. yeah. I get made fun of a lot that I'm still using, like, paper and pen. Like, I have notebooks that I like to write in because there's something about typing up a song, like, using your computer all the time when you're being artistic that makes it yucky for me. I think I want to get one of those what are the things, the tape uh, things. Dictaphone. Yeah, I want to get one of those. Oh, yeah. I want to go way back. Mm -hmm. I think that's more fun. Like an old-timey therapist. Old-timey, like 1980s therapist. Yeah, well, that's old-timey. That's old-timey. I wasn't even born <laughs> in those days. Do, do you guys remember uh, Speak Boys? No. I think it was called Speak Boy. What's that? It was like, uh, it was a toy that just recorded your voice, but it was made in the 90s, so that tech didn't really exist for it as like a toy. That was marketed on MTV or Much Music or whatever one. kids programs. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that. Just like a tape recorder. Record your... Can we get sponsored by? I hope so. <laughs> Should uh, record your next album on a Speak Boy. Yeah, they're definitely doing well. <laughs> Still in business, I'm sure. <laughs> I th I think it was called. Speak Boy. I know what you're talking about. It had it was like a very colorful little toy. Had a few buttons on it. Some sound I effects. I feel like we did have that. That does sound familiar. Let's go to a cutaway of Speak Boy. <laughs> no, Jeff, oh, we don't have that technology. Oh. Stop, stop. <laughs> We're not I at mean, that level yet. Oh, there, there's like a, I don't know. Can he, I see? Maybe he's, <laughs> this is not what I'm looking for. I, actually, I oh. accidentally typed in Peak Boy. Oh. It looks like a Korean artist, maybe. That's oh, he not, looks nice. That's, yeah, that's not I was going to say, there's probably a shipping container full of Speak Boys uh, somewhere. <laughs> at the bottom like of in the a junkyard. Yeah. This yeah. is all the Furbies. R.I.P. Like Storage oh, Wars is just know, begging to be discovered. Mm, someone's yelling at their computer right now listening to me. It was called a Talk Boy. Talk Boy. Oh, that is different than I Oh, thought. I want one. I had oh. one of those. Or my brother had one of those. Oh, that ones. looks actually pretty cool. Yeah, I want one very badly. That's what you need. You need if to rock If they're that. listening right now, <laughs> I okay. will make the next album entirely on a Talk Boy. That's actually pretty smart. Thank Whoa. You. So do you, do you revisit your voice notes often or are you... Because I'm the same way where I have an idea, I record them, and then just have like a mess of notes, and I don't 
you know, it's like two years later. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that note. Never did anything with it. Are you are you regularly kind of sifting through your ideas? Sometimes, yeah. If it's one I'm pretty clearly excited about, then absolutely. But do you ever do the middle of the night ones that are just like wait, embarrassing? Like you wake up and then you yeah, write. like at, at five a.m. and I grab my phone and I think I'm writing something genius and I check it and the, the next day in the afternoon it's just me being like. Hey, <laughs> I'm like what? what? <laughs> I thought I had to wake up and record that. That like, was good though. I was like, this <laughs> you never is, know. This is how I'm gonna go platinum. And I'm like, no, no, I was wrong there. <laughs> Way off. Yes, definitely. It would sound even better on a on a speak. Talk what boy. was it? Talk boy. Talk boy. <laughs> Talk boy. Come on. Gotta I, get that sponsorship. I don't. Uh, I don't do the middle of the night notes, but uh brooke my lady she uh she has um what's it called like kind of like a sleep app where it, rec- it wakes you up based on your like if you're moving around in bed or if what? it's uh oh yeah yeah yeah. what's it called sleep cycle yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it detects if you're moving around so it it, it'll uh it'll wake you up when you're in the middle of a, of a light sleep cycle so you don't wake up super groggy could be a game changer for you actually yeah that sounds very disruptive uh no 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 <laughs> you <laughs> You set no? it to, no, it's, you good. Set, it's just an alarm. It's basically an alarm, but you'll set a half hour range of uh, a time that you want to wake up. So say you want to wake up at 730. It'll wake you up at some point between seven and 730. And you can set it either with motion. So it'll, what? it'll detect when you're moving around and you're in a light stage of sleep. So you wake up and it's just, uh, you know, it's easy. Yeah. It's or, not just anytime you're in a light sleep that wakes you up. That'd be awful. Yeah. Not anytime. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought it was like any time of the night if you like roll over, it's like, get up. <laughs> or it'll wake you up when it hears noise. So it's basically recording you all night. And Ooh. Brooke and I have these recordings where we're talking to each other in the middle of the night and no. we don't remember. In and your sleep? Yeah. And we're Whoa. muttering to each other and we're saying nonsense oh to each other. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, yes, daddy. <laughs> that's, that, that's a lot. That's one of the recordings. recordings. You shouldn't release that. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, Maybe like cool. your end of life retrospective. That'll be a part of it. It'll be like your lifetime achievement award. And it'll be like, and now six hours. Of, uh, <laughs> six hours. We actually uh, stopped recording because it freaked us out. Yeah, I it bet. was getting I, kind of like satanic. I too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> was it, was well, it English or were you speaking in tongues? Ooh. I mean, it's nonsensical, but just the fact that you're speaking and you don't have any recollection of it, it's kind of spooky. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Jeff says the odd like one liner sometimes. Yeah. Mostly work on my stand up when I'm sleeping. Somebody's just like, I don't want to eat that or something. Like, what? <laughs> what? And then that's it. <laughs> Back to medieval incest she goes. <laughs> so how do Super you guys chill. how do you guys write work together? What's the working life relationship like between you two right now? What's the process, Kendall? What's the process? Oh, I was hoping you wanted to take that. <laughs> I can. Go for it. Well, let's see. <laughs> First, it usually all starts with a voice note or something scribbled in a notebook. Candles like, hey, I've got this idea. I think it's probably terrible, but I want to show you anyways. Please don't laugh at me. And then she'll play it for me and I'll say like, yeah. that was amazing. Come on. That was amazing. Uh, she usually won't believe me for about half a second and then we'll kind of play it one more time. And she's like, okay, I believe you. And then we'll go into uh, kind of like, I guess we have kind of two avenues. Either we'll just like play it with whatever pots and pans we have handy and see like what the feel is, what the groove is, or we'll go into what I like to call the template zone. Yes. Where we'll just basically just hammer out like a, a really rough MIDI instrument, 
sort of template of what the structure of the song is. So then we know like, oh, we can play over this and we know what needs to go and where and kind of like, it's like you're drawing an outline kind of thing, you know, like this section's this long, you know what the BPM is or roughly, you know, what key it's in. Um, that's it. Those are the two main avenues. And then from that point, either you've got, you've played it like a million times just acoustically and then you go in into the studio or you've already got a template you've played to and then you can start replacing things with the actual, you know, non-shitty version of whatever it is, guitars, whatever. But are yeah. your voice notes uh like are you singing a melody or are you just speaking on an idea you know like well i have no clue what these voice notes are like are you are you well, kind of like humming a tune if or you didn't make me turn off my phone i could show you oh oh i i just meant put it on silent i know but i got scared because you know when people call twice that that's how you get past the silent thing don't tell and my people. mom is big on the the call twice like if i don't answer the first time she's like i know your phone's on silent i'm gonna keep calling so I had to turn it off. But my voice notes are like just straight up the, the song idea. But I've only recently started hearing Jeff's and he talks and it cracks me up so much. <laughs> he's like, here's like a cool bass line that may or may not work. And he'll start playing it. And he's like, that was a wrong note. Oops. And then he's just like chatting. Wow. So you're, you're playing a guitar in, in, your, in your note. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll usually. <laughs> he'll I announce what it is. Well, because I like to leave a note for myself, because even like if it's titled whatever guitar idea for X song or whatever, I like to like at least like what was my train of thought when I was doing this? Like, oh, yeah, this is like what I was thinking would be a cool layer to add on top of X, Y or Z or whatever. I like to because then it's for myself. It's if, then I will remember exactly what's going on. And it makes me laugh. So. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> more you, importantly, still trying to get to the bottom of it. You said it'll be a song idea. What is that? Is are you are you just. Speaking on a concept, like a theme, like no. lyrical concept. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like I'll I'll literally just pick up a, an acoustic guitar and okay. either hum something or if I have the actual words or placeholder words, it's it usually starts with just like a little bit of a chorus or like a, a slight vibe. Okay. And then once I think I have a loose arrangement, I'll voice note the the whole arrangement. Okay. And I think Send almost all Jack. your voice notes start with an acoustic guitar. I think that's yeah. pretty much every single one, unless yeah. it was just your voice, but most of them have the guitar. Yeah, the just voice ones are usually the middle of the night ones, which we now know are always terrible. <laughs> Constantly bad. I'm not used to being around uh, such talented musicians, so I don't know the process. <laughs> Excuse me for asking. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I don't know. We're trying to steal your process. <laughs> yeah, basically. Voice notes. Isn't that the premise of the podcast? You're feeding yeah. off other people's process. He gets yeah. it. This guy's stealing the first off one. each other. <laughs> I like how you're doing it in plain sight, too. It's really clever. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So your dad is famously Neil Osborne of 5440. What? If you didn't know that. No. Has anyone ever talked about this? And uh, we just wanted to reveal this to you. Um, uh, it's like a Maury like Post. What do you think about Stringer? this? Like, and he's here right now. <laughs> he is my father? Are you sure? And we want to ask him, what are his voice notes like? <laughs> oh my God, I've never checked out his voice notes. I mm. wonder. I bet they're really funny too. Does he, does he do the same thing? I have no idea. I got to ask him. Good point. Yeah. I feel like he would. Most of the things we do, we realize we do the same. Mm. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's a real perfect weirdo. So his are probably all over the place. Are, I'm curious now. Are you like, I wonder who learns off 
who more these days? If he's learning from you or you're learning from him more? I think it's always both, which I like. And he's <laughs> he's funny. He's like he's a very awesome dad, but he's also like almost more of a a best friend. Like he, he got mistaken for my brother like my entire life because he really? come pick me up from school in like a hoodie and skate shoes and a guitar and he's like, "Yo, want to get McDonald's?" <laughs> and people are like, "Who is that?" <laughs> like, That's dad. But we do have a lot of funny things with songwriting. Like just not too long ago, he found one of my songs from two records ago, "Holy Smoke," in his notebook because I had found his notebook and I needed paper and I was writing the lyrics writing the song and then like a year later he's like holy shit you stole this song from me I found it in my notebook I was like dude I wrote this in your notebook I just borrowed the notebook he's like no I wrote it look it's the same handwriting I'm like we have the same handwriting but he was so convinced I was going through his old shit and stealing songs and it was yours yeah oh wow 100% but our writing is exactly the same and equally terrible very so, hard to read I, this, your writing is not terrible it's like a mix of capital letters and stick people maybe i just get the fancy writing i try really hard on your valentine's <laughs> cards and stuff i'm like make sure he can read it you're right-handed yeah okay did, did you get yeah. that from i got that yeah. from the uh yeah the fake yeah are left-handed people actually more intelligent are they more creative Probably. they're just more evil more evil yes I wish I was one. I agree. All left-handed people are more evil, for sure. Also, they just get so much ink on their, I don't know. Yeah, Be always washing your hand. You should probably do that anyways. <laughs> just the one, of course. Not while you're writing, though. I mean, So they're, they're evil, but more healthy, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. Mm. And I would like to be one, one day. <laughs> so, so you have a few projects going on. Uh, maybe you can clarify this for me, because you have project with jeff you have your own music but you also have a project with your father family affair is this correct family curse family family curse yeah oh, okay yeah he told me i really fucked up naming the band because we've had some hilariously bad luck things happen to us since we decided to be called a family curse but it is it is mostly for fun okay. and just a, a really hilarious experience we threw jeff in that band as well <laughs> i just make him play with me for everything now it's very fun what does jeff play for you um my heart strings oh. <laughs> <laughs> in family curse he plays bass and then on my records he's now playing pretty much everything i didn't even know he was a musician when i started seeing him <laughs> What do you think? Well, I know I Jeff. I thought he was a, just hot. <laughs> that's how I know him too. Right? No, I thought, well, I met Jeff on a music video set. And I know <laughs> him as too. a special effects kind of do it all kind of guy. Right. Well, right I don't know. Right. I, I, yeah. That's, but you're multi-talented. I like to do a lot of things. He's kind of just good at everything. But I met him well, I filming the first music video for the last album cycle. He was working on that video. And just yeah, right he, away, I was like, damn. And... A year later, he like started picking up a guitar and a piano, and I was like, "Excuse me." Picked up a whole piano. <laughs> what so is this? So he's strong too. He's what strong the hell? <laughs> I know, I know. He's dreamy. God damn. And then we just started making music together, just very naturally evolved into, "Hey, you want to be my band? <laughs> my entire band." That's great. <laughs> yeah, we think so. I think so too. 
So go, going back to uh, your dad, you just found out that your dad was in uh, was the lead singer of a very famous Canadian rock band. What's the band? Uh, Fifty Four Forty. That's a like, weird oh. name. Mm. <laughs> Don't. A bunch of numbers. <laughs> we should wiki <laughs> four that numbers. <laughs> several numbers. Five four four zero. Is that a phone <laughs> number? There's a hyphen in there. Whose too. number is that? I don't know. I think it was my locker code. Or maybe that was his locker code. <laughs> That's school. all of our codes for everything. Hmm. Oh, please don't hack us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to ask, what was it like growing up with a rock star dad? Well, considering it's all I know, it's hard to, <laughs> hard to answer. But uh, I, I loved it. I got to say, it, it, was, uh, it was a very exciting childhood because... I was constantly backstage and in studios and at festivals, and that was just normal for me, which is fun when you're just a little scrawny kid with a mushroom cut and <laughs> a bad attitude. But I, I just loved the environment of it, and he is someone that really inspires a lot of loyalty, so he always had a great crew around him. The band is amazing, and everyone was basically family. Like I think I was about 14 when I realized all of the guys in his team weren't actually my uncles. You know, <laughs> it was like uncle road manager, uncle like roadie, uncle this, uncle that. And I just, I actually thought we were all related. But Would you call them uncle? Yeah. Oh, mm. uncle <laughs> roadie. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite uncle roadie. He seems responsible. <laughs> he was this guitar tech guy. And I remember he would let me like lay down in the guitar cases side stage. Cause I, was a weird kid. I thought that was cozy. That's so cute. And I would look up at at his station with all his tuning things and all his guitars, and he had all these like porn star posters everywhere <laughs> that were all like autographed to him. And I remember just staring at them when I'm like ten years old, like, whoa, am I gonna look like that one day? <laughs> like that's crazy. <laughs> and I'm just I'm like, Dad's playing on stage, but I'm staring at these naked girls, like, whoa. <laughs> Just no idea that maybe that was inappropriate, but <laughs> incredibly jealous. It inspired yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I was amazing. inspired to become a woman from the porn stars on the guitar cases. Yeah, they do good work. Yeah, a lot yeah. of art. I was well, impressed. When did you uh, first start making music yourself? I started. Uh, I actually started giving some boys at school like the odd loony or toony to teach me like Pink Floyd riffs and Zeppelin riffs and stuff. Really? On the bleachers. I'd be like, give you a toony if you teach me wish you were here. It's the most Canadian come I up know. story I've ever heard. <laughs> the toony really sealed it. The yeah. toony. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll give yeah, you a toony if you can teach me the tune. Or like a, pack a trade for a fruit they, roll up, you know, like whatever I had. You're telling me they wouldn't want to just do it for you for free? I don't know. Maybe I didn't ask. I thought I, I thought I had to offer something. You could have saved so much money. Yeah. Oh my God. Damn it. I know. Hundreds of toonies. <laughs> and then the next thing I knew, I was writing the most emo teenage shit you'll ever hear in your life. That's quite cringy to go back on. But you know, you're like 14 and think the world's against you. And like, so you you first started making music around that age, like 10 to 14, or. Around like, yeah, 13, 14, I mostly started by just writing like really emo, teen angsty poems and then realized that they worked over E minor, which was the only chord I knew. It's (laughs) the only one you need. Only one you need. And just started building from there. And I wasn't a very good singer and I was extremely anxious. Still am. 
And eventually I started a band with my sister and Louise Burns, if you know Louise. She is a legend. Mm-hmm. She no. got signed by Madonna when she was 11, if you know, put that in perspective. Uh-huh. So she was in like a teen girl pop punk band called Lilix when she was growing up. And then she basically like turned 18, 19 and was like, oh God, I don't want to be in a teen band anymore. <laughs> but she's a great producer, a great writer, a great everything. Yeah, she's incredible. So we formed a band called the Blue Violets, but I just mostly wrote the songs and played lead guitar because I would rather die than sing. <laughs> At the time. Oh, God, yeah. Really? And then about like a couple albums later, they both went on to do other things. And I, Louise went with her solo record. My sister was like, I think I'm more interested in making money <laughs> than being a musician. <laughs> so she started doing things with her brain. And uh, I was left with all these songs, and I was like, well, shit, I guess I better try and learn how to sing. And I spent a long time in my parents' basement making my first EP, mostly just trying to prove that I could do it for myself. Like, I didn't have any goals or anything. And once it was done, I moved to Montreal, posted it on Facebook (laughs) for free because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and started getting record deal offers. And I was like, oh, shit. That was kind of easy. <laughs> that's actually an insane story. Like, yeah, that's wild. That's I know. Crazy. My career started really easy and then got like progressively very hard. <laughs> I went backwards. At what age were you touring with your father's band? Um, like as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With like single digits, like seven, eight, nine, or we would usually like my sister and I would take turns having like a weekend with dad. Okay. Because mom wasn't big on us missing school. Not mm. that we learned anything at all. I asked just, I'm, I'm curious of the crossover of being on tour and that inspiring you to make your own music or if it was just kind of something that you got elsewhere. Mm. I, yeah, it kind of happened by accident. Like after high school, I went to photography school and I just was planning on being a visual artist. Oh. And then I did the Montreal move and next thing I know, I was touring Europe and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe... Maybe I'll try this whole music thing. (laughs) Give it a whirl. That's a good time to try with your Europe tour. Yeah, exactly. All that big tower and stuff. (laughs) Big bandit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It was a little (laughs) underwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, that's what it looks like on TV as well. (laughs) So you you didn't always have the voice? You Is this a... Do you just think this, or no, is it true? You did it's not. It's true. So you developed this. You I, had she to says this. I don't know. Yeah. He hasn't heard. I I worked really hard to try and learn how to sing, and it was really bad for a very long time. But I would learn like my select Radiohead songs and Nirvana songs and shit, and I would record myself in GarageBand singing them over and over again. And my ear was always pretty good, so I would just listen back and go wrong note, wrong note, pitchy, 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 pitchy. I would do it over mm. and over again until it started sounding at least, like, in key. <laughs> but it was so, like, I was quite terrible to the point that in, in the Blue Violets, it was the running joke of Candle's solo album. Like, whenever I was holding a song back from them or hadn't shown them a song yet, they would laugh and say, oh, is this song for Candle's solo album? Because that concept was just, like, ridiculous to all of us that I would ever do that. Can you imagine? And then, yeah, I know, even with the first EP, like, I I think it's really cool, but I, I didn't know how to really sing yet. Like, it, it's a vibe, and I love the vibe. 
but it wasn't until I started like touring and having to be the lead singer and like things started unlocking and I, I like this song that we had called Not Up To Me that did very well and won some awards and stuff. I actually was being a little brat in the studio at the time when we were making it because I was getting pushed to like belt the chorus and I didn't know what a belt. I was like, that's absurd. And I was singing it in a low octave, like, you know, kind of moody and quiet. And I wanted to show them all that they were wrong. So I did one take of belting it to like prove to them what a bad idea it was. <laughs> and then it sounded great. And I had like the perfect voice cracks. And I was like, oh. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. This was a really good idea. <laughs> I'm so glad you were wrong because that's a great vocal take. It's I know so the good. original chorus was like, it's not up to me. <laughs> Which is cool, but. Very like Lana, but yeah, it was, it was the wrong vibe for sure. But I was basically just trying to show everyone that they were wrong. But it was me. What? Well, it's, <laughs> it's inspiring that uh, you think that you didn't originally have the voice because when I hear your voice, I think she's born with it. Like it's, you know, you can't learn that. Totally. But uh, I mean, Jeff kind of seems to maybe be skeptical that you weren't born with it. Yeah, but he met me when I could sing. That's true. Mm. <laughs> like me and my sister, when we were little, we would play singer and manager, and I would play manager. What? <laughs> ah, the dream. Like oh, some yeah. kids play so house, fun. but we were like singer and manager, and I have a clipboard. I'm like six years old. I'm like, well, we have your interviews scheduled and sound checks at four. <laughs> All the while sitting in a guitar case. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We. <laughs> what, do you have any uh, standout memories of being on tours, crazy things you saw? I mean, you gave us the, the vivid visual of looking up at the porno posters. Which <laughs> Super is great. vivid. Huge highlight, obviously. Yeah, yeah that was uh, good one. I don't know. Anything else that comes to mind? Uh, crazy stories from following all the uncles around? I mean, obviously several. There's two standout ones that are coming to me at this early hour in the morning. What <laughs> <laughs> My dad was oh, never quite understood why I was a diehard Our Lady Peace fan mm. from the age of like six. He was like, mm. like really? And they were like opening for him. No. But I was like, oh, LP. Like I was so obsessed. And backstage at one of the shows, I was like, come, come over here. Like meet Rain. You're such a fan. He's like, hey, my kid's like obsessed with you. I want you to meet her. And I just like almost peed my pants, started to cry, and I just hid behind my dad. And I was like, ah! and he's like, that didn't go well at all. <laughs> like, you think I'd be kind of cooler with celeb? Jeff knows I'm terrible meeting famous famously people. terrible, famously terrible at meeting <laughs> famous people. I I once met Beyonce and I like hugged her like a gangster and said, "Sup, B." Like it was oh, oh just cringe. Yance. I sat yeah. beside David Duchovny once and just started crying. Like it was <laughs> <laughs> like I should be cooler than that. And that's I'm great not. though, because <laughs> in their shoes, super memorable. Yeah, yeah, wait, hold on. You didn't cry when you came in here. Yeah. Know, the fuck? No, yet. she cried downstairs when uh, I let her in. Oh, yeah, she was true. she had dried her tears oh, by the time they, she got they up here. do exist. Fuck, I but, do have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really exist. does smell like a bus in here. Yeah. Just like they said. Bus smell tears. I do remember one. I don't remember where it was. It was like, it looked like it was like a Woodstock thing, but obviously we're in Canada, so it wasn't. <laughs> it was like probably in Alberta. But people were mud wrestling and it was chaos and uh -huh. like just madness, like peak 90s, alt grunge, whatever kind of situation. 
And I just, I was like sitting side stage watching the show. I like was doing cartwheels or something awkward like that, like in a way that people could see. (laughs) I was like, I should stage dive. So I just got up and ran off the stage and like jumped into the crowd. And my dad stopped the song and was like, no way like so much he was playing you got up on stage you jumped into the crowd yeah he caught he saw you and i was in a lot of trouble oh and he just stopped the song (laughs) it's the only time i've ever seen him like stop when he's playing and i'm like oh no did they catch you yeah of course okay I don't no, know. She hasn't talked to him since. I'm like <laughs> 70 pounds at the time and flying into the front row. Like How I old were you, Candleen? I think eight. You're so brave. Wow. Well, I you was so brave. Now I'm terrified. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Jeff knows. But it's <laughs> Not everything. Yeah. How many times have you crowd surfed? Uh, count on one hand, two hands, more. <laughs> I think I've only actually done it twice. There was that time. And then one time I was <laughs> in like grade eight, I just drank a bunch of vodka Red Bull, as you do when you're 12. And mm. I went to the Strokes concert and I was at the back and I was like, this won't do. And I was also a cheerleader, so I was very good at jumping around or whatever. <laughs> and I, I tapped on two big guys' shoulders and I was like, hey, <laughs> lift me up. And so they gave me a boost and I crowd surfed all the way to the front. It was, it was great. It was the Strokes. I was like, this is that's genius. Awesome. I lost a shoe. I lost a red Converse. My mother was very upset <sighs> with me. She couldn't tell I was drunk, though. That was good. <laughs> she couldn't tell. Oh, she was so fixated the on red the shoe. Remember could. the Red Bull? She probably like, could. Well, I think she actually believed I was, I was good for a little while. Oh. <laughs> a brief period yeah, where she well. thought I was just very silly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I feel like that's what a kid thinks of the adult drinking. They get, they're drinking their silly juice. Yeah. <laughs> the adults know way too well. Try that with the cops next time they play. Yeah. I'm just That'll... feeling really silly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have not crowd surfed. How about you fellas? Ever? No, never. <gasps> I'm ashamed. Maybe I'll Today's do it at a candle. <laughs> right now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got, yeah. We got well Jeff's super strong, so like, he's probably just do it alone. I only lift pianos. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, have I'm, you guys not crowd surfed? Yeah, I have. You Sorry? have it's a when? good way. Uh yeah, I would say like is that a, a lot of times during that when a we had the Olympics. A lot of times. Remember Olympics time? There's a lot of concerts going on here. Yeah. yeah. Were you in the Olympics? The, I was not. No. You won, won the crowd surfing yeah. gold. Yeah. Oh, I won <laughs> crowd surfing gold. No big deal. Um, but I, we, we found, me and my friends found it was the most efficient way. If you're at the front, you're like, ah, got to get a drink. Backflip. Yep. Go straight back. Nice. And they pull you all the way to the back and what? you're at the bar. The reverse candle. It's, it's the reverse candle. It's the reverse. That's yeah. what, I got to try that next. I got to head to the trademark office. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's 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 where it was born. Not since. I, I'm kind of like you now. I'm scared. I know. It's scary now. It's very scary. I did a mosh pit this year. That was like, that was exciting. Well, we went to that <laughs> concert at Crankworks and there was a mosh pit. And that was Ooh. one of the first times I felt really old where I was like, these hooligans. These hooligans are hitting each other. <laughs> like, everyone back away. Back away. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up another uh, time when we were at Contact and the guy was crowd surfing butt ass naked, had oh, no clothes on at nice. all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a no. photo of Jason and the dude. Yeah. The it, naked dude? Yeah. Give oh, the people wow. what they want. <laughs> oh, that's that's not a comfortable crowd surf. That takes balls. 
Hey, hey oh. Hold on. Hold on. You got to say that again. Hold on. That takes <laughs> balls. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I saw way too many aborted crowd surfs that it kind of like turned me off of them. Have you oh, never yeah. done it? No, I used to go to like a lot of hardcore shows and stuff in church basements in Kelowna where I grew up. <laughs> For some reason, Low that ceiling. was like You're the only so place cool. they could afford is like weird rec center and church basements and like... The, the amount of people I saw in girl jeans just hit the floor because nobody oh. would catch them. I kind of like got turned off of it. Well, next tour when this album comes out, you're going to do the, the backwards fall while you the shred a fall? solo. Yeah. Trust fall while uh, shredding. I'll catch you. But the trauma. I'll, I don't I'll know. crowd surf first and then <laughs> I got you. Yeah. <laughs> have, That'd have be great. You seen any crowd surf mayhem at your shows? Um... I'm probably not a big crowd serving band, which breaks my heart to say. I've seen like the odd. I've been flashed before, which I always really appreciate. So I'm like, man, girl, yeah, and I'm like, I'm okay. a woman up here, and I just saw boobies. Like, thank you, That's amazing. thank That's you for awesome. trusting me with your chest. Flashback to the porno <laughs> posters. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Whoa, I like yeah. this. Had the bra thrown on stage before. Very cool. But like the weirdest experience of a show I've ever seen is like weird crowd behavior. We were playing in Germany, and it was this beautiful, weird venue of just, like, pillows and couches. Like, people were just, it was packed with, like, cuddlers. <laughs> what? Cuddlers? Were you in Berlin? <laughs> no, I can't remember where, because my memory sucks. But somewhere German. But everyone's just, like, vibing out, and, like, people were actually, like, spooning. Like, it was adorable. And then in the middle of the show, a full-on fist fight broke out. <laughs> And it was like, I've never played to a more like relaxed, cuddly, safe room in my life. And then next thing I was, this fight's happening because one guy like took another guy's pillow or something. And it was actually gross. (laughs) The one time ever (laughs) of all the shows I've ever played where I actually had to stop and be like, you guys stop fighting. (laughs) And like security came in, had to break up these guys fighting over a pillow. And I'm like, what just How do you know it was over a pillow? Because I was watching. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture like a uh, Vancouver venue. Like, where are the pillows? Like, I guess. Yeah, how they're in Germany. This? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is this Germany outdoor or indoor? It was indoor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was picturing like park blankets, but this is inside. Was, yeah, indoor. It was a really cool venue. And then that happened. And, and we all just stood there for a second. I was like, do I start this song again or pick up where I stopped? <laughs> like, I was so thrown off. <laughs> So are, it, it, was that your worst crowd experience city-wise? City oh, God, no. I kind of liked that one. Oh, okay. It was exciting. What, what takes the top pick as uh, worst crowd? Barry, Ontario. Mm. Oh, wow. Name calling. Shout well, out to I, all our Barry listeners. Yeah, I who are also played. ride the bus. They also <laughs> ride the bus. <laughs> I played for the bartender and the opening band. Oh, it was empty. It was empty. Uh, okay. So. And the sad thing is, it was a great show. <laughs> oh. That one's just for you. But we were saying there, like, do we, do we still play? And everyone was like, I mean, we're here. And the opening band was like, we'll stay. <laughs> That's nice. How confused was the sound guy? <laughs> well, he was with us. He was our guy. Oh, okay. He was like, well, let's have fun with it. Ugh. Did anybody crowd surf with that one, or <laughs> no. did the bartender crowd surf? <laughs> I got on the bar and was singing on the bar for a while, because, you know. Oh, that's nice. That is a good show. It was just like, why not? Let's get weird. No one's here. <laughs> what about the uh, best crowd? Best crowd? I gotta always give it up for Montreal. 
that still feels like my hometown. That's where my career started. But there's been a few just really great, great shows there. Like, especially after an album comes out and you're coming back from tour and it's like the first home show post-tour. And just, you you know, you start to recognize all those super fans and, like, they know all the words. And sometimes I'll bring up people on stage that I've, I know are like funny or excited about it or whatever. And, and it's just like Quebec is a place where people genuinely really love music and a lot of other places, especially in Canada, you know, even if you love a band, you're like standing at the back, like, yeah, they're okay. (laughs) And like, they're on their phone. You think they're like tweeting, like, I hate this singer. But then you see after like best singer I've ever seen. I'm like, why were you frowning at me with your arms folded? Yeah. I mean, it's funny how it takes courage to be up on stage playing the music, but also as uh, just someone in the audience, it kind of takes courage to move around, move your body. I used to be, be terrified of going to concerts for that reason. Yeah. Did dancing. you really? Yeah. When I was younger, I would have it like I would, I would say no to shows because I just, I was like, I don't know how to act at a concert without Aww. looking like a huge dingus. So I don't like, I mean, like, I don't know. It's, I think you're onto something. You're yeah. putting yourself out there a little bit socially to be like. Yeah, I mean, this is how I dance to, you know, Our Lady Peace. <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> Those are good. Yeah. Good moves. Thanks. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, when you're in a crowd and you have people all around you, you're like, who's looking at me? Is everybody looking at me? I feel like everybody's looking at me. But the chances are that everybody doesn't give a fuck about you. Exactly. Yeah, right? nobody's not not everybody's you. thinking the same thing, right? Yeah. But hard to kind of get over that. I overdo it in the crowd, like especially with a, a friend's band. You know, yeah. like I fight my way to the front. I'm like... Hell you yeah. Rock. I love you. One more song. <laughs> That's like, awesome. You seem like a fun person to go to a concert with. Well, I, you know, especially you got to support your friends and stuff. And like, I know so many amazing bands that just aren't making any money and aren't playing to large crowds. And you know, they deserve the love. And it goes a long way. Like, having played shows like that in Barrie. <laughs> absolutely no one there like just even having one person that's absolutely stoked mm-hmm. makes a huge difference you know you're like you're giving that one person in the crowd that experience so it's also contagious out. like if if absolutely if a small group of people start just rocking out to a show like they're really loving it, it that spreads like wildfire like it can make make or break uh a show and how people walk away from it like if nobody was there dancing It'd be like, oh yeah, it was, uh, you know, it happened, and I went home, and it was great. It was good, I think. But if everyone's just thrashing and throwing down, like, I feel like people walk away being like, that show was fucking mental. That was crazy. And it it's makes a big usually difference. like the friends of the band that are starting that. Mm-hmm. And then it's it important. Catches yeah. on. Do you guys have uh, like crowd control techniques, like how to get the people moving if you notice mm. a bit of a lull? Yeah, uh, I tend to be very like nervous, funny. <laughs> And that seems to work really, really well. like like kind of like an honesty vibe where they feel connection more, I guess. Yeah, okay. I don't really mean to. It's just like a truth serum up there. <laughs> like, What's an example? So do, do you? Sorry, if you had something locked and loaded, go ahead. I, I, I wonder, I'm, I'm wondering. Like, it seems like you ad lib. You just kind of make stuff up. You don't. You're not like I have to say the same thing oh, every God. time. You have like a script. I, I some, can't do that. My dad yeah. does that, and I okay. I, <laughs> I do make fun of him, but it makes me cringe because I know all his like moves and his lines, and like I'm like, you did that last night. Like, how can you live with yourself? But if it works, so, no, it works. I'm just like blah 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 blah. But I like that. I I, uh, I mean, when you're when you 
when you're touring with the band and you know all the tricks, it's one thing. But when you're a first time viewer in the audience and you have no clue, I mean, they have a different experience. But I, I've gotten to see both now. I see like the script. And I also compare it to when I've seen a person live, Mac DeMarco pissing his pants. That's, that sure. could be scripted, actually, come to think of it. That could be very well <laughs> At least premeditated. <laughs> he would have had to drink water for yeah. something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have love for it all, I guess. So do you have a go-to? Make some no. fucking noise. <laughs> I can't fucking hear you. Oh, you've been. <laughs> <laughs> I have been to a candle, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah a lot of fart One jokes of those. <laughs> constant <laughs> fart jokes that's how i win them over <laughs> is it do you ever have trouble ending a show i know like com some comedians they are very bad at ending the show they don't know what to do mm. is there like no. A, no oh as jeff knows i love to leave so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the last song i'm just like oh yes finally when they call for an encore i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I have like she does love minutes. performing. Don't let that give you the wrong impression. Yeah, sometimes, but it's hard. It, it takes a toll, right? Physical toll. It's oh yeah, insane. What kind of toll does it take on you? I'm completely mental, and that sucks. So there's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like anxiety, and especially coming out of COVID, I was I was extra mental. So the first tour back, Jeff was my hero. He <laughs> had such a pre-show process that I had to do that was like. Screaming, singing, vocal warm-ups, boxing, vomiting, like all these things. It would be a whole day. The nine-step process. Oh, God, yeah. It was just a lot to like get get ready to, like first of all, be in a room with people again and then also be the center of attention and like think about germs. And like it was just like, I don't know. I was yeah. really messed up about it. I don't think you're alone in that feeling you yeah know. and a lot of my friends are just like oh just have a beer walk on like jeff's easy peasy it's just <laughs> totally natural for him well and enough but, church parties and uh <laughs> you know you build up that confidence praise be <laughs> yeah but it usually takes me about one song and then i'm like oh yeah i rock i forgot <laughs> <laughs> but the whole day leading up to it i'm just like imposter syndrome you suck you should go to mcdonald's and cry like normal, <laughs> like normal people. Like normal people. <laughs> Take the bus to McDonald's and yeah. cry. <laughs> Get my filet fish of tears. I was gonna ask you about <laughs> imposter syndrome. Uh, if well, now I guess you yeah. deal with that. Have you ever had a breakthrough moment where you kind of felt like you you beat it and you felt like you, you know oh, you deserve to be there constantly? Yeah. It's always up and down. Like mm. one day I'm like oh, I am a legend, and the next day I'm like oh, I suck so bad. You never know. I mean, it is annoyingly very common for artists what what is uh how do you reset um writing writing is the the best thing i can ever do for myself and for my creativity i just it's it's the one thing that i have in my life that makes me feel truly like alive and excited and sometimes I worry that I don't get like excited about anything. You know, you watch people like doing other things or like going to a sports game and they're like, ah! I'm like, I don't feel that ever, except when I come up with a new song and we're producing a new song and like the creativity process is so exhilarating to me. And that that makes me go from like, I'm a piece of shit to like, we can do anything in like 15 minutes. Yeah. It's I, crazy. Are you always chasing the next thing you know you make something great 
do you, are you on to the next thing or do you take the time to kind of celebrate the the win celebrate the little win or are you just constantly all right that's done i it feel depends. shit now i need to make the next thing it really depends like sometimes if, if the new thing is really good you can ride that high for a while <laughs> yeah but yeah every day is is different in my crazy mind <laughs> i uh wanted to talk about music videos it's uh how I guess I met Jeff here on that's the how we met. video. Thank you. Uh, and, we all met Jeff the same way. And yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we met on uh, a set of I, I, Manila Gray. It was Manila Gray uh, back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was a Brandon Fletcher uh, project. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to ask you who is Brandon Fletcher? Jeff's roommate. End of list. And my other boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> other boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, well, when I realized that I was stuck in Vancouver due to that whole pandemic nonsense, I, I didn't know anybody really here. Everyone I had worked with was out east. And I just did like a Facebook post. Facebook kind of works out for me, which is embarrassing to say. It's like the top mom tool and That's me. Great. Marketplace? Exactly. <laughs> I love Marketplace. Hell yeah. And I just posted like anyone recommend a good director in Vancouver that would be a good fit for me and uh this awesome woman I know Natasha Dupre she's a is music licensing and sings for movies if you know her she's really cool used to work for uh, my dad's label and stuff and she posted Brandon's name and I looked him up and I was like this guy might be my artistic soulmate (laughs) so I messaged him and I was like I wrote a Bond song and I want to make a Bond music video like does that interest you in any way and he just freaked out about the idea right away and was like i'm already making a bond video just for fun like by myself so like oh god yes i don't think you could have known how perfect a <laughs> person to ask that yeah. question to that would be <laughs> i know i was like do you like bond at all and he was like <gasps> <laughs> he had to fan himself yeah there's <laughs> over his poster of pierce brosnan <laughs> the daniel craig <laughs> fully yeah. nude signed autograph <laughs> yeah and the three of us got together and we realized we were all completely Bond obsessed. And then we took our sweet time making that first video because, you know, the world really slowed down and mm. we were having a ton of fun being very creative with it. And we made a lot of it in their living room, which was so cool for me. Cause I, I mean, now I'm very used to, to Brandon's ways of he can make anything possible, which blows my mind. Like with whatever mm. budget we have, he will make it look amazing and like we had a million dollars but it was my first video ever like without a stylist without a makeup artist without like all these things and like shooting in someone's living room so at first I was like really anxious and scared I'm like I don't know what I'm walking into here and we did some green screen stuff and he showed me in his room like within the hour of shooting it and I was just blown away I'm like you just did that in your living room with your best friend (laughs) like how yeah, I love it. I love his style. He, He's I think you guys so are good. a great match. Oh, He's, we uh, think so too. Not only a <laughs> great director and brings a lot of great energy to the room, like you know when he's there, <laughs> you know when he's showed up. hundred percent. He'll make his presence clear. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's great with the um, like visual effects side of things too. Oh man. Incre- and kind of does he can do a, everything. He can take every role if he if he needs. Totally. Yeah. And just shameless Brandon plug. He is just the most. Hardworking, talented guy. I know he's just incredible. If anybody is not familiar with his work, go look him up. Brandon Fletcher. Yeah, and come on the pod, Brandon. He will. Oh yeah, get him on the pod. He would love it. He would love it. 
You've also worked with another one of my friends, Byron Cotman, <gasps> cinematographer. Oh, yes. And uh, Jeff and I both have like a art crash on Byron. Byron. Oh, Byron's <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> oh, Byron and his his lighting. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, you guys made some really incredible work together. What yeah. was it like working uh, with that team? So good. Yeah. Not going to lie. So good. Like, I think, was the first one Honey Trap? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Honey Trap and then... Uh, the one in the bedroom with the lipstick. Was that one that was before the second or after? One. That was after, okay. Yeah, so Honey Trap was the first one. And yeah. Brandon and I had our super ambitious idea and low budget as always. And Byron just wanted to get involved. And, you know, he liked the project. He liked the treatment. He liked the song. And just witnessing all of it come together was so exciting to me. Like, seeing just the lighting and each shot and, like, watching it all be made I was so blown away like each girl and it was the girl band shoot but each of the girls had their own color scheme and their own like world that they lived in and every shot was like breathtaking to me and felt like Blade Runner and I was just I couldn't stop giggling the entire time <laughs> supposed to be this tough rocker chick and I'm like <laughs> this looks so cool <laughs> Do you have uh, any creative control on Brandon's projects at all? Or is he kind of just taking the wheel and you're just no, along for the we're ride? Pretty, or? We're pretty collaborative. Uh, I think it helps that we have more or less the exact same taste yeah. in everything. So uh, I think he's only ever shut down like a couple of my ideas ever. And I love all of his. So it's pretty, pretty effortless creating together. Like I'll just throw something, some idea out him and he's like absolutely and then add this and imagine this and i'm like, yes and like every single concept we've come up with has been just smooth sailing jeff you also shot a live session with candle and i guess a number of performers in that room old oh, one at uh hipposonic maybe. <laughs> your face hipposonic yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah six so long and that looked great too once again very talented can lift a piano can lift a camera oh, can lift a guitar basically it was, it was a pretty simple uh set up but it was it was the real trick is like which i didn't really factor in stupidly i didn't even think about this at the time but one camera you, well it's it's a one take shoot right and the take that's best for video like maybe you had like a bad focus buzz or something like that doesn't necessarily mean that was the best audio take from the performance so that was i didn't even think about that but luckily we ended up lining up i think on every single take like what was best for audio and video but that was that was like way harder than I thought it was going to be. I know it was a very ambitious yeah. like afternoon. That was great. I liked uh, the like the reveals, the timing of reveal. Oh, reveal thank you. Candle and all that. Yeah, it looked great. It was very improv. So the thank you very lighting much. Lighting was nice and all that. You know. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Hippo Sonic Studios. Uh, I actually just discovered them while researching uh, about your music. And very interesting place. A lot of legends have walked through those studios and recorded music. Uh, yeah, what can you tell me about that place? What's it like to be among so many legends? That's like, that studio feels like home to me. I've worked there so many times. I know everybody there so well, and it just, it honestly is like the most comfortable place ever for me to be. And then uh, when we were making Set the Fire, that was at the very beginning of COVID, and we actually got quarantined in hipposonic so i lived in the studio for like a month and <laughs> actually lived in it 
you sleeping in it or you just kind of a bit of both okay. rob the owner like offered to you know he's like if you want to just make it your home oh, like wow. obviously all the other bands canceled and we we went about the recording in such a, a different way because we noticed that there was this like clock of doom above our heads so we like we got all the girls in for all the backing vocals before we had anything other than drums and bass i hadn't even sung yet so i was writing all these backing vocal parts knowing that like these girls were not going to come back to the studio within 24 hours because they had to go fight for toilet paper like everybody else. And like, <laughs> So we were just trying to get everything done in a weird panic order until there was just four of us left, the engineer, the assistant, my producer, and me. And we called each other the, the quarantine. And we were like, well, I guess let's just make this record all ourselves. So but yeah, Hippo was my home for a while. I, I wanted to look up their like description here because... Uh... Sorry, the studio? Whose yeah. description? Hippos? Yeah, they, they, they name all the people who have walked through the studios. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't even know if I know any of them. Okay, here we go. So oh, Hipposonic is a music recording studio in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It was founded in... in oh, it's a test. Founded in... Oh, God, I don't know. 1989. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. The facility houses, uh, oh god, nerdy stuff. All right, blah blah. blah. House is a really expensive <laughs> mixer. Over the years, Hipposonic has had a wide variety of clients, Canadian and international. Uh, is that a typo? Including Tom Cochrane, Biff Naked, James Brent. Did I say that right? Cochrane. 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 <laughs> what do you say? Jeff and I are going to Europe with Tom Cochrane. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the comedian he's not actually the musician he's just, yeah. yeah biff naked james brown delirium oh. prism selena gomez eco eco or econo line crush oh yeah that sounds like off-brand orange crush that sounds Econ familiar like they were i'm trying to think of when they were big i feel like that's an early 2000s were they like uh, an emo band? i don't think i ever listened to them. Hmm. note to self look it up later um, Prism, Selena Gomez, Econoline Crush, Mother Mother, Skinny Puppy, K Chaos. That's Rave's band, Skinny Puppy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kinney Star, Lamb of God, Ooh. Swollen Members. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Love Swollen Members. Sick. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Great band. Favorite song? I don't remember the name. Fuel Inject. What was, oh, what was the, the main hit? Like, maybe it was like Lady something. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> lady, lady, something or other. I don't know. Kiss, kiss, gob, oh. strapping young lad. I love kiss. Colin Linden, Bobby Curtola, Colin James, Sarah, Sarah Harmer. Mm -hmm. The list goes on and on and on. Mariana's Trench, Macy Gray. Oh, mm. uh, I like Macy. Moist. No yes. way. Yes. Moist. Wow. Tegan and Sarah. Um, they're in right now. They're in right now. Yeah. Oh no way. Yeah. Not to like dox them, but. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, this is going out in least. Everyone go to Hipposonic for your they'll be, they'll be gone by the time this comes Yeah, out. they'll yeah. be gone. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and many, many more. But that's, uh, you're not on this list. What the hell? I know, I should message Yeah, I didn't hear my name on that list, Matt. Yeah. I just read the bio I'll, of the studio. <laughs> I'll send the email. Don't worry. Please yeah, do. Yeah, I'll send it. <laughs> the funny thing is the owner's so sweet. He, if I said that, he would probably be like, oh my God, yeah, I haven't updated. I'm so sorry. And just do it. And I'd be like, dude, I was messing around. But also, thank you. <laughs> Put me at the top or like beside Kiss. I would appreciate <laughs> In between Kiss and Moist would be nice. <laughs> Alphabetically between Kiss and Chaos, I think. Oh, yeah, that's true. I read that and it crossed my mind. I wonder if Candle ever goes in there and just kind of looks around, thinks, 
so cool people have walked through here or are you just kind of in your zone doing your thing yeah i've honestly never thought about <laughs> yeah. <that> in my <laughs> life <laughs> you know it was raised around cool people whatever uh jason uh you wrote this question i wasn't even aware of it but uh jason oh. you wanted to ask something about uh did i jack white oh you mm. did a music video yes my jack. good friend jack white Ah, yeah. Obviously, I, you don't yeah. Care. What's the <laughs> what's the relationship that? How did that come about? It's good. It's Best a, friends, soulmates. Uh-oh. <laughs> Am I allowed to lie? No, oh yeah, you can do whatever you want. There's no yeah, fact checkers on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, I haven't told the truth once so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me either. Completely full of shit, full time. Anyways, Jack White. Yeah, we dated for years. Um. Wow. <laughs> Just us. Hello, something. Stop exposing me. <laughs> No, that happened. That that was a weird opportunity that yeah. fell into my lap that I kind of thought was a joke at first. I was playing in L.A. and this um, cinematographer from Montreal that I love, Christoph Brandel, he's a genius. He DM'd me on Instagram. And he's like, "Would you come to Nashville?" I'm like, "LOL, like sure." <laughs> and he's like, "I kind of need you to be in this Jack White music video." And I was like, "Ha ha, for sure." He's like, "No, really, like." we can't cast anyone in Nashville that is a believable assassin. And I'm like, what about me makes you think that I am? And he's like, just trust me. We have a feeling like, can you be here tomorrow for your like violence training? And I was like, <laughs> Whoa. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I got on a plane and got to Nashville. And then next thing I knew, I was learning about guns and knives and doing all this Hell training. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I got to shoot a music video with my hero, which, as I mentioned before, not when I was lying about us being lovers, but um, <laughs> I'm not cool with meeting celebrities. So. Did you accidentally shoot him? <laughs> oh, God, I, sorry, I forgot the training. Like, kind of, though. There was a scene you, where I was just watching him do his guitar take and, like, drooling and trying to you know, keep my heart rate down. <sighs> And then the director was like, oh, you know what would be really cool in this shot is if Candle like, walks up to him and holds a gun to his head while he's doing a solo. That does sound <laughs> cool. Okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like popping out of van. I was like, yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem. I, I haven't <sighs> seen this music video yet. Music video yet. I, uh, oh, I am my finest excited. Oh, it's yeah. an experience. She kills a bunch of people. It's great. I yeah. kill many men, which was yeah. very therapeutic It's actually It's a dope video. It's great. It's super and good. then like the second day of shooting, we're in the prison where they did like Shawshank and stuff is like it's crazy and they hand me a script and I'm like no 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 like this is a music video oh. I don't talk just <sighs> knows I hate like talking on camera it's hard and I had like three lines <laughs> I was having a complete meltdown and they put the little mic in my shirt you know and I was so worried I was gonna ruin the take because my heartbeat was so loud mm. And I asked the director, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm not an actor. He's like, just be your usual, like, cool, smoky, <laughs> sultry self. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I just tried to, like, lower my voice as much as possible. And hey, I was like, Jack. yeah, I was like, I didn't kill him. <laughs> oh, for the interrogation oh, stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, I was trying so, I was like, slouch, you look cooler when you're slouching. You do look cool in that video. Thank you. I tried really, really hard to look cool. But it was an incredible experience because uh, he's definitely one of my biggest heroes. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Who are some of your other heroes or just like musical influences in general? <laughs> There's probably so Jimmy many. Jimmy Page. Mm. Big Jimmy Page fan. 
Um, Jeff and I love the heads, as we say, Portis head, Radiohead. Oh. <laughs> Talking the heads. heads. Talking heads. Talking heads, too. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, anybody with a head. Yeah. Anybody with a head. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, grew up, obviously, with a lot of, like, 90s alternative music. and. What about, like, a guilty pleasure? Oh, so many. I love Aqua. Love the Spice Girls. Love Miley Cyrus. Dua Lipa. You know. Lots. <laughs> Backstreet Boys. Did you uh, have posters on your wall, bedroom wall? Of course Uh, I did. Like, uh, who was on your wall? (laughs) It was pretty random. I'm not going to lie. It was like Britney Spears beside the Mars Volta, beside Kurt Cobain, beside the Pixies. (laughs) It's like, you know, I liked what I liked. I wasn't embarrassed. Beside Nardwar. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, (laughs) Nardwar. Yeah, no, I never had the Nardwar poster. It's not too late, though, I don't think. Well, yeah, well, I do have a gift for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. That's really good. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I remember partying with him at Warp Tour when I was like 15. Oh, man. Remember Warp Tour? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, hadn't been. Yeah. I wasn't on my uh, body Red Bulls at that <laughs> age. Only when I was 13, but I yeah. drove all the way down to Vancouver to go to Warp Tour. Maybe we no, missed. And- mind blown. <laughs> Had a time and don't remember. Nope. I doubt it. <laughs> kind of. I don't think I was cool enough to go and like engage with anyone. Yeah, I was intimidating. I was as like hell. with my friends. I was hoping nobody like else talks. Fingerless to me. gloves with like spikes on. Oh, them. I definitely <laughs> would not talk to you in my cheerleader uniform. I wasn't looking to get beat up. I wasn't gonna go talk to you. Come well, on. that's a shame. Our time came eventually. I feel like I kind of. Could have went on the music festival thing a little harder in my 20s. Mm. Now 30. I don't know. I missed the Squamish Music Fest. Yeah, now yeah. it's gone forever. And yeah. Pemby Music Fest. Yeah. Never been to the Gorge. Ugh. I know. Gorge always looked like a great time. What's the Gorge? In it's, Washington. It's down over, looking over the Columbia River Valley. And it's just like Ooh. in this, the backdrop of the stage is just this huge gorge. Delightful. It's amazing. It's gorgeous. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on. Damn. Nice one. There we are. Very good, very good. So you're on this independent music journey now. Uh, curious, you said you had some nightmares. You probably talked about this in the past, but uh, I don't know. What are some of the like nightmares of working with a label? Uh, Sorry, traumatic. Uh, bring it to a traumatic kind of uh, transition here. Babe, where's that? <laughs> There's the creative, uh, the creative, I guess, is it mostly just the creative kind of constraints? No. 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 Um, the thievery is, is a lot. Oh, jeez. Uh, there's, there's a lot of shadiness. There's a lot of stealing. There's um, a lot of abuse, a lot of sexism. <laughs> and my second label, which I'm not entirely allowed to talk about in detail, NDA, you know, cool, right? But I, I basically was forced to make the same record over and over again for four years. I wasn't allowed to tour. I wasn't allowed to do interviews. I was owned by someone, and I had absolutely no control and no freedom. And I kept believing, like, they took me when I was kind of in the peak of my career. My first album was just kind of blowing up. I was doing the award circuit, doing big tours. Lots was happening. And then I got signed by what I thought was the bigger, better label and just got like basically locked in a studio and and made to do the same thing over and over again, being convinced there was like some global marketing strategy plan that was about to happen, about to happen, about to happen. And if I try to like ask for an update or like, you know, say I got this opportunity or I'm getting asked to go on this tour, 
I would just get yelled at or like told I was wrong. And, you know, I was trying to be like a good, good soldier, a good girl. And I would do everything that these men would tell me to do in the industry. You know, I had managers and labels and agents and all these guys that would tell me I've been around the sun a few more times than you, sweetheart. Like, trust me. And I, I, you know, I felt like I had to trust them. Like I, Mm. I didn't know more than them. And I had signed my, my career away into their hands and they had many successes to prove that, you know, they knew what they were doing. So I kind of had no choice, but to believe them until it got so, so bad that I eventually had people around me that were also in successful bands and stuff telling like witnessing how I was being treated and what was happening. And they're like, this is not okay. So I had to get a lawyer involved and start that whole battle and like it was just it was a lot it was not what I was expecting and absolutely not how I thought my career was going to play out after having like a pretty natural rise at the beginning but like it does feel really good to be free but I'm definitely still fucked up about it Mm. and not sure like the right way to go because I I have a habit of like believing and trusting people which you know is a way, it's a world I want to live in where I can just have a conversation with someone and know that they're not lying to me. But in this industry too, like everyone will tell you what you want to hear. And that's a really hard thing to not believe when you're in a big meeting in LA and they're saying you're the next big thing and a room full of people is over the moon about you. And you're like, okay, like why would I say like bullshit (laughs) walk out of there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Music industry, amazing. So what would you tell your young, younger self or maybe what would you advise someone, you know, younger than you, 10 years younger than you, coming up in the industry, trying to make that decision between a label, independent, you know, they have the email from the label, they don't know who they are, oh, they seem big, they're telling me good things, like what, what do you say to that person, whether it's yourself or someone else? A few things. Uh Definitely always trust your gut. If you have a bad feeling, it's probably for a reason. And learn your record deal before you sign it because record deals, you know, just in theory, they sound exciting. You know, like, ooh, I have a record deal. Just that statement is exciting. But what it essentially is is the world's worst loan where you're giving everything away for nothing and you're owned for the world, sometimes for 100 years after death. Like, it's insane. And, you know, you have to you have to really make sure that it's worth it for you and trust the people that you're going to work with, because it is like a marriage that you can't get out of, you know, and if if things go wrong, like you are stuck. And my my first label wasn't, you know, they actually did some great things for me, but I just trusted the manager I had at the time who told me the contract was great and in my favor. And I just skipped 100 pages and signed my name. And I didn't know I signed away all my merch rights. I signed away all my publishing. I signed away everything. So while I was making them a ton of money, like I was living in poverty. I was working at a porn theater. Like I was selling out these big shows and I couldn't afford to eat. And I'd come back from tour with all this merch money and have to hand them envelopes of cash. And I'd be crying and be like, please, can I eat? And they're like, no, you signed this away. And I had no idea. Like, I just didn't know. 
So where was your dad in in these decisions? Was he? Because I, I I assume that he made. Uh, it's so funny. Some... People always ask yeah. about that, but like he comes from a very different era. Okay. He does not know business, and nor does he ever want to. So like yes, hearing about these things afterwards, he'll get all mad and want to like fight someone or something. But like, he's also signed bad deals. You know, like Sony was his label probably twenty years ago, and they still own all of his stuff. Like, he doesn't own his own music still yeah. from signing a record deal 20, 30 years ago. And in those days, too, they were even more dramatic where they everything they pay for, you don't realize this as a young band, right? But, like, when you get flown out in a, on a private plane and taken out to these fancy dinners and put up in a nice hotel while you're making your record and the label's paying for it, you're paying for it. You owe all of that back. So, so in fucked. his day, so it was fucked. like $100,000 video shoots, like $500,000 album budgets. And they thought, you know, the label's paying for it. And then you spend the rest of your life paying off that debt. So I, I dealt with that a lot in the first deal without realizing it. Like, I remember after the, after the Junos, like, my team went out and celebrated and went for a nice dinner and, like, you know, we're having a good time. And as I tend to do, I love to leave. I went back to my shitty motel and had a bubble bath and like watched Seinfeld. And then I realized that like I paid $3,000 for that weekend. Like the, I owed that and I wasn't even there. <laughs> like I took the Greyhound bus to the Junos cause I couldn't afford to fly there with my label. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, it's just so weird. So one of your pieces of advice was to actually read the deal. But what about a person who feels incompetent? Like uh, I, I can't read this. It's a hundred pages. What do I do? Buy a lawyer? I don't know. Am I going to get a lawyer? Like, I have no money. How am I, like, what, what do you do in that situation? I think kind of everybody knows at least a few people that they can trust to that at least have that kind of brain where they can read something and understand it. But if, if you have any bad feeling at all, like, do find a lawyer. <laughs> like, absolutely do. Because this is your livelihood and your entire career that you're writing your name on and signing away forever. Like, it is yeah. worth it to... It's a really big know. deal. Yeah. And you got to, at some point, spend money to make money, I guess. Yeah. And it's also good to know that, that record labels are no guarantee, right? Yeah. Like, they also sign a ton of artists just with the hope that some will succeed. And the ones that don't, they just put on the back burner and they're like, well, we own you, but we're not going to invest in you. And I have several friends that have been in that situation. and That really sucks where their record gets shelved, but they're still, like, under contract and they just do nothing. And then there's oh, that's that. brutal. Yeah. I feel like I operate off gut feelings a lot. And sometimes, you know, you have that gut feeling. It's, it's bad or good. And then you have the other kind of more logical feeling telling you the opposite thing. And then you just end up in this kind of like analysis paralysis kind of scenario where you just can't make a decision. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I know it well. I'm a Libra. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I guess, uh, I think you had some good, good pieces of advice there, though, for anybody who might be in that situation. Without sounding too bitter. <laughs> or, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot to yeah. learn there. And yeah, even it's if good you don't to own there, your own you know. shit, if you can. And if you want to work with a team, then make sure you know who they are. There's no rush in signing a deal. You know, if a label wants to work with you, they're not going to be like, you have 24 hours or we're going to leave. Like, they might make it feel that way, though. You might, yeah. even if they don't say it, you might feel like she's like it's know. gonna go away. You know, you feel anxious. Totally. Yeah, which they're probably doing intentionally. Yeah, it's an intimidation a red flag. Thing for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> Gotta say. So moving forward, what are you excited about? Like in life? <laughs> <laughs> in your career. Uh, I'm very excited about the record Jeff and I are making. Hell yeah. It's, it's very, very exciting. We are so pleased with how everything has been coming together and we've been doing it in a very funny way so i'm i'm kind of just waiting to hear if i got my factor grant or not so we're working with a no budget scenario right now and we've just lucked out our, our friend that's an engineer he he will work with us a lot for nothing we'll get some free days at hipposonic we do a lot just on our laptops and mm-hmm. and yeah we've like we've kind of decided that we're we're going to be planning the live show as we make the record which is very exciting to us as well. We're like, wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah, just was it yesterday or the day before? We worked on mm. this introduction to one Couple of the songs ago. where we do like two different Bond theme songs as little segues, like a little 30 seconds of each or less. Yeah. And we changed all the keys. And so it's like a little hint of this, a little bit of the, the Nancy Sinatra one, a little bit of garbage, and then into one of ours. And we've made them all in the same key. And we're like, this is sick. It's kind of wacky, <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah. So we're already working on all the transitions and like, I, I'm pretty excited about making the live show as close to the record as possible, which involves using backing tracks for the first time, which I've always been very against. Oh. But at this point with the record we're making, like we would need a 15 piece band. So Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of in a bit like leaning towards a bit of like the trip hop space a little bit. Like, yeah. Still a candle record, but it's definitely got like things you just can't play live, like something that's sampled or whatever. Like you, you know, like you can approximate it, but there's gonna be a lot of pieces for sure. Exactly. I, I can't remember the name, but your most listened to song on Spotify right now wasn't what I expected. It wasn't the music that I know you by. It, it was oh, like no. more of like an EDM type song. Oh no! Uh, that one's oh, the on one you rise again. <laughs> I, pardon me, I can't remember the name of it, but. It was it was like a good like hype song. I was like, let's go. <laughs> that was just a, a oh, session I did. Fuck boy. How did you know? <laughs> How did you forget a title like that? <laughs> that was supposed to be in the this or that. So write it in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had nothing to do with that. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I got hired to sing the chorus. Okay. And then I got listed as the singer on the chorus. And uh, this guy, he's super sweet. Obviously, we're entirely different worlds because he's a big EDM star. Okay. But he just blew up, like, mostly in, in Europe. His name's Apache. Okay. And he Apache? Does, does, like, a bunch of, like, Adidas ads in Russian and stuff. Oh, like it's Yeah, it's, radical. like, it's the opposite of everything that I know. But <laughs> this song just, like, exploded. And I've seen it, like, in weird sports ads and stuff. And he does these crazy stadiums, like, in Whoa. weird places in, in Europe and stuff. And he just started as, like, a, a fun project he was like i'm just making some songs for fun like do you want to come sing on this chorus i'll give you a couple hundred bucks and i'm like yeah all right and then it's just like, well are yes. you gonna perform that with him ever probably not he's you know he's got all the dj stuff i think i'm just a button. yeah but I mean, just i've been at the now. shows where <laughs> you, you jump on the table and you sing your heart out, yeah. you know and everybody... i mean i probably would it would be hilarious oh that would be Especially incredible how yeah. un me it is if i just like I'd probably wear like a whole different costume. The boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's That'd be dope. Yeah. It's literally you. <laughs> you it's your voice. Yeah, get them to fly so, you out somewhere. Then that would be incredible. Just I to know. sing the chorus. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come do a one-off in one of his Russian stadiums. 
Have you been to an EDM show? Like a rave or something? No, I didn't know what EDM was until I showed up at the studio. I had to Google it. Oh, okay. Well, I was like, Edom? They always have. They always. They got Adam. Adamame. Adamame. <laughs> That's a Japanese full music. Yeah, that you know, they got the turntables and they're just standing there, you know, waving their hands. But then the singer will yeah. come out and they'll rotate like the lead singer. I don't even think he does that, which is very impressive to like sell out that. Like you should look up his his shows. They're huge, and it's just him with all his electronics. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Did you write this song? No. <laughs> oh, so you just kind of you just wow. You just showed up and had to sing it, and well, yeah. blew up like that. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Pretty much. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that makes sense because it was a little bit outside the usual <laughs> candle song. Yeah, fuck boy. I know. I didn't know <laughs> the my content name would maybe be on is it. similar, but the uh, yeah, the type of music is different. <laughs> that's great, though. I mean, as I'm like Adam. <laughs> every song has. Have its... you heard my Adam song? <laughs> <laughs> every song has its place, you know. And when I'm trying to rage. I will be playing that song. Totally. <laughs> I'm trying to I get hyped up. I definitely put it on like going to the gym. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's a great gym song. Right? I'm like, I need something with energy. What song are you most proud of? Um, That's out or not? <laughs> I guess that's out. That's that out. Makes... Oh, that's a hard question. Don't look at me. Jeff, what I'm just song curious am I most what you're proud answering? of? Only you could answer that. I mean, I think it's kind of just a, there's too many records. So I, it's a I'm trying to just think brag. about the last one. Yeah, so many records. <laughs> oh, just so many. <laughs> how, how, how about instead of most proud of, just what's a song you're proud of? Everyone. <laughs> Every single. Um, there's one on the last record called Misty Morning, which I'm quite proud of. Sorry. It's my. Rude. Dave, cut that out. <laughs> the pizza's <laughs> ready. <laughs> and that one is just. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like a moody, dark guy. <laughs> that was the first love song I've ever written mm. in my entire life. And it's just like piano and vocal and really like vulnerable. And I was very scared to do something that different. But it just, it really connected with people. And I was very, very proud of it and very excited about it. But I think that one's the standout one for me just because it is so so different for me. Are you, uh, is it endearing or is it annoying when people compare your music to Lana Del Rey? <laughs> I hated it when I was younger because uh, it happened a lot when like her first EP came out like six months after my first EP and the comparisons were, but then I became like a diehard fan and mm. now like whenever I hear that, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say it's endearing. She That's, she's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> and there, you get little hints of it every now and then. I just. Which, Definitely is a good thing. I've seen her live twice now, and I'm just uh, like crying in the front row in all the harmonies. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> right? <laughs> you got to. That's great. Uh, so I think it's that time of the show uh, where we play a game. Oh, no. I mean, oh, yay. Yeah, no, it's a good game. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down it's called, game. does this smell like a bus? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it smells no. wonderful in here. The new space. Very fresh, very delicious. I think you're smelling yourself. But. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be Jason. Yeah, that's probably me. Good smelling men. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys are our first guests in uh, the new space. Pretty much like when it's all been done up like this. We have a little, mm. we have a grid here and we got a backdrop spot. So if you know you need a space to shoot a little music video or something oh. like that, you know, let us know. Ooh, that's, that's what I build that's it for. That's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. We are okay. the king and queen of DIY now. So. Yeah, great. <laughs> so that, that black bar right there that I'm pointing at just yeah. comes down. You put a backdrop, paper it's backdrop, run foot wide. 
Got all the space. My God, they've thought of everything. Yeah. Bathroom. Functioning. I'm already, I'm like planning the new song video. I'm like, we could just do it here. <laughs> yeah, you, one. you guys are welcome anytime. But it is we now time on to play this or that. Jason, do you have the music? Usually Dave Good does this. God, yeah, I don't know. God, be more like Dave. <laughs> uh, then I'd have COVID, so. <laughs> don't know if I can do so that. She's so in shit. right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I do have the music. What's the music? Well. It's... You got the music. I don't. Think so. You want Jeff to whistle? I mean, I have that's not that. No, that's not the music. <laughs> that's. A, I think. A great let's see. Song, <laughs> <laughs> you have the categories that I made. Go to this or that. Okay, and then and then uh, there should be <laughs> like a few songs. Just run through them all. All I do is no. That's after when Hold she on, wins. Jeff, help out. You're a music guy. No. No, that's game over. Yeah, that's not that one. <laughs> oh, game over. Good, good. We we survived the game. <laughs> no, no, no. That doesn't mean game over. Okay, it was, this was great, guys. I'm out. <laughs> no, I don't think I have it. Oh, well, you know what? It just won't be that intense for you because normally you have the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music. Just oh. Why don't you just go to YouTube? No, that's X-Files. That's <laughs> yeah, X -Files. No. Although weirdly similar to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, I have that. Yeah. Oh, you have that? Yeah, I got but it. we stopped using it because yeah. of copyright issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, are so we? We might replace it. Are in we post. possibly gonna become millionaires in this game? Sadly, no. You can only play this like game, three seconds at a time. I'm or whatever really bad at trivia. I hope this isn't trivia. No, don't worry. Jeff's I'll, good. Jeff will play. We have a list of. Uh, well, this is a game for you. Ken. Oh uh, no! I, I mean, Jeff, you can chime in if you like. But uh, we're interested I'll, in Candle's I'll, I'll answers. Peanut gallery. You go. You take it. You take it. For this game, there are no rules. Uh, there are no losers. There are no winners. Okay. Um, Sounding better. Is that a, really a game? I don't know. Or is it just an activity? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it is now. But, Your performance uh, is based on a gut reaction. <laughs> <gut> feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And uh, we're just going to ask you a list of uh, things, this or that. We have a list written, why custom am I written so for scared? you. Because you should be. All right, play the music. All right, are we ready? Yeah. I need the, the All right. safety glasses. Right, let's put on the pities. Candle, well, hard Candle did radar wardrobe before she got on the podcast. She found the 69 Letterman jacket and the new admirer. I will be taking classes. it home. I just noticed today. the 1015 badge on the left. Very nice. All right, are you ready? No. Montreal or Vancouver? Montreal. Writing, writing or recording? Recording. Late nights or early mornings? <laughs> nice. Say it all together now. <laughs> Billy Talent or Simple Plan? Jeff? Billy Talon. <laughs> Phone call or text? Text. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Comedy or horror? Comedy. Indoor or outdoor venue? What's the weather? <laughs> he asked the questions. No, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's over, overcast. Uh, indoor. It's, uh, there's a little indoor. dribble. Indoor. There's a rainbow. A, though, a beautiful oh. rainbow. Oh. There are <laughs> dubs. Oh. Um, and there's, a, there's lightning. Indoor. Okay. EDM or edamame? Edamame. Nickelback or bare naked ladies? Nickelback. Shoot a music video or play a live performance? Shoot a music video. Small and intimate or big and loud? Big and loud. Miley or aqua? Oh, equal love. <laughs> One or the other. They're both aqua. listening. They're both listening. <laughs> Careful. Aqua. aqua. Uh, Jeff, you want to chime in on that one? Miley or aqua? I'm a Miley. Poutine or Montreal smoked meat? Poutine. The John or Le Jean? Come on. <laughs> what the? Oh, it's weird that was in this already. <laughs> yeah, that's funny how that works. 
that one. One or the other. Is this, 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 this might be the what first time I ever skip uh, uh, a question. All right, moving on. Nanaimo bars or ketchup chips? Nanaimo bars. You sure about that one? 100%. <sighs> Deeply obsessed with Nanaimo bars. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Acoustic or electric? Electric. Six string or 12 string? <laughs> Does anyone say 12 string? <laughs> this was, uh, the, the, we got the uh, producer guy who will not be named over here. He suggested this. I said, dude, I don't think she's playing a 12 string. I mean, I can if he wants me to, but six string. All right. Crowd surf or mosh pit? Crowd surf. And final, I go blind or I go deaf? I go blind. She's going blind. All right, that's how you play. This that's how you play. Oh, nice job. She's yeah. They got a little scary when we got to Lejean. I thought there was gonna be math involved. I was worried Lejean would show up. And... <laughs> Your insecurities, just math. Oh God. I can't do math. Just no math questions. This okay. or that. Two plus two or six times twelve. Oh, pass. <laughs> we did leave out sixty-nine or four twenty. Oh yeah. Oh. Too mathy. Too 69, math. well, 420 or 420, uh, well, 16, you know, same time. That's what I'm trying same, to say. <laughs> sounds messy. Nope. Nope. It's <laughs> sounds like a, a burn. daily yeah. healthy ritual. <laughs> well, that's a podcast, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> this was this has been feeding off each other and we have fed off each other. Do you feel well fed? I feel well fed. Thank Good. you for having yeah. us. Yeah, it was fun. Thank mm-hmm. you so Super much. Fun. Thank you for the jacket I'm stealing. <laughs> That's all right. We can get another one of those probably. <laughs> if we ever need that for any specific reason, we might have to ask you for can it back. It, but, uh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, DM me. Yeah. Any anything to plug? And uh, how do people connect with you? Any you want to do the plug thing? Oh my god, whose phone was that? That was Jason's uh, laptop. He's blowing oh. it. Oh, I love He's it. He's become the thing he swore to destroy. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Did you give Dave COVID? Oh, oh Ooh, well, we do yeah. open Probably. mouth kiss pretty regularly. So. That would do. No, it. homies be homies. Jeff mm-hmm. and I have swapped it back and forth a few times. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, plug candle on anywhere. Any live shows or anything coming up recently? I guess you're in writing mode. Yeah, right we're now. mostly in studio. Yeah. So what? Stand by for the tour date. Yeah, mm. I, I will be there at the next Vancouver show. Crowd oh, hell surfing. yeah. It's going to be a good one. Crowd surfing. You know what? I'll think about it. I feel like there's a lot riding on this I will now, call so. you out for a crowd surf <laughs> and demand the entire crowd lift you. So. And, and if I get hurt, will you stop the yeah, show? Yeah, then okay. Yell at everyone. All right. Good, <laughs> Wear good. a helmet, though, just in case. <laughs> you want to be safe out there. <sighs> yes, Mom. I will make no I'll friends. wear a helmet, too, so you don't feel alone. All right, that's it. Uh, review the podcast, like us, subscribe, all that stuff. Do it. All yeah, right. These are good fellas. Show them some love. Come on. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Oh, My name is Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's it. Good day. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Say bye to all the camera. Bye. <laughs>